Live Smackdown Podcast from the Shadows But Doing the damn thing WWE uh, It's 2.05 Let's uh, get that out of the way uh, It was a, a cool episode last night dude. Uh, Pushing the brand So it can't go no more And I'll leave it there uh, it started out, I had Kalisto, Arya Davari going at it. I believe Kalisto picked up the victory with an awesome-looking 450 splash, but I could be wrong on that. But um, they're continuing to develop the story with Arya Davari trying to tell Lince Dorado that uh, the rest of the Lucha House Party and Kalisto and Grand Magalico are dead weight, and he shouldn't be playing, he shouldn't be, uh, you know, teaming up with him and stuff like that, and it's like, well, there's a storyline for him, and I believe he tried to go for that post-match beatdown on Kalisto, and the rest of the Lucha House Party came out for the save, so, uh, you know, just continue developing that. They had a showing from Tony Nese and uh, the Bollywood boys, Samir and Sunil. Backstage segments for what they were. Hold on to this. And moving on into the main event of 205 Live, we had uh, Oni Lorcan taking on Umberto Carrillo. Oni and Umberto were both the last two contestants or uh, guys on their team from the Captain's Challenge match, I mean, match last week. So it was. Uh, it was a throw a toss up between who was going to be the next opponent for cruiserweight champion Drew Gulak. So uh, it was good. It went at it. Number one contender match. It was good stuff for the most part. Heavy hitter taking on a uh, heavy hitter taking on a high flyer, if you will. And it was uh, both of them definitely. Uh, had uh, good offensive spots. I definitely agreed with Aiden. I was thinking about it myself before uh, going over it in the podcast, but I said, uh, yeah, this actually has a real clash of styles between these two. Aiden called it out, and, uh, you know, you could definitely see and feel both uh, both of them trying to outdo each other. Ultimately, Umberto Carrillo picked up the victory, so he'll be taking on Drew Gulak at Clash of Champions for the Cruiserweight Championship. We will definitely see how that matchup plays out because Umberto was uh, a, a, a pupil of Drew Gulak when he first came around, showed him a little bit of the ropes. So we're going to see how that story continues to progress between those two, but uh all in all, I definitely uh, enjoyed that episode of 205 Live. I know the show will continue to evolve for as long as it can. Either way, we get into SmackDown Live now. And boy, oh boy, was it a SmackDown Live. Had Kofi coming out, uh, open the show, and uh, basically just hyping up the match between him and Randy for the championship at Clash of Champions. And, you know, it was... Well, what you would expect of Kofi He's a little more fired up and that's, that's good, you know And we had Randy backstage and Doing the whole stupid bit Definitely 
picking up that good heel heat and uh, it worked for the most part. He talked, he talked about fan mail he got. It was from Kofi's son. And it's like, oh, wow. How about that? And uh, I mean, I thought that was pretty fake. Like, not fake, but you know, I thought, you know, it was scripted. But it's like, wow, that's a that's quite the element to go into again. We saw that last with uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So it's somewhat of a rehash. And, you know, I guess they needed a direction to go because, you know, the they still have the, the rivalry from years ago. But Kofi now has the championships. Randy was saying that he wasn't ready before, but now he's clearly ready. So they're just they're, they're continuing to try to build on it in some way. And everyone can relate to, you know, trying to defend their family as mother or father. So it's, uh, you know, it's understandable. And, uh, yeah, Randy said, oh, we, they're staying in the same hotel, so we should go pay him a visit and respond to it, even though he doesn't really respond to fan mail at all. Whatever. Now... Kofi gets infuriated, goes back, runs backstage, and, uh, please, pardon, and, uh, finds Randy right at gorilla position, brawl ensues, they're both going back and forth, Randy eventually hits the vintage Randy Orton DDT from a table in gorilla position, straight to the floor, whoa, really good stuff, that was, uh, Hey, it it makes Randy continue to look strong. He feels he feels reinvigorated. You know, I I enjoyed uh, seeing Randy in that you know in that form of his character, and we all know that the Viper could always strike. So just seeing him, you know, being back in this sort of role is uh, it, it's it's cool. It's fairly refreshing. You know, it's it's it looks good for Randy. You know, and. You know, him and Kofi have a rivalry that a lot of the harsher critics in the WWE universe are actually finding, you know, interesting and compelling. So, hey, uh, I think that's what it's all about, right? So we'll see how these guys continue to uh, run this uh, throughout the uh, weeks leading in Clash of Champions. Right, Ali, Buddy Murphy. Uh, King of the Ring tournament was, I think, this is the last, well, one of the last matches of the first round. Look, man, we done went over, we done went over 205. Uh, Ali versus Buddy Murphy was one of those, uh, one of the, in my opinion, they think they have one of the candidates for greatest match uh, in 205 Live. I've, I've missed a little bit of it. But after the train left the station, I started watching, and it was uh, it was an awesome match. So I knew that these guys were going to be able to really bring a good story to uh, uh, SmackDown Live, and I, it was going to be interesting for me to see how they changed the format of the match with being on, you know, television. So they didn't have a lot of crazy spots, but the story that they were able to tell was uh it was along the same lines as that but it was totally physical it was brutal on both sides and these guys worked with each other so well that it was uh arguably match of the night on smackdown live so uh ali picks up the victory off the 450 good stuff buddy murphy looks awesome in defeat and even shakes uh 
Ali's hands. So it's like, wow, you know, and I'm just happy to see, you know, the 205 Live Superstars being showcased like this. They finally made their way up to uh, the land of opportunity. They were given the opportunity, and in my opinion, they knocked that directly out the park, or it was a touchdown, if you will. Miz, uh, after the beatdown last week from Nakamura and his new uh, spokesperson, Sami Zayn, pretty much from Nakamura, I'm, it was, uh, he's out of the ring and he basically challenges Nakamura at Clash of Champions for the Intercontinental Championship. He, he, you know, talked to talk, reminded everybody that he brought that title prestige, made it relevant again, and there's a there's a good match on the horizon between those two. I think. I think it's obvious they'll be able to keep up with each other, and I would like to see uh, how Miz was able to take the offense to Shinsuke. Maybe he gets the championship. Maybe he doesn't. I actually think that's part of the beauty of the match because you would think that uh, Shinsuke would walk the, you know, mop the floor with Miz, but you know they they trying to call Miz out and. I mean, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke's corner does really make a, uh, it, it really makes for an entertaining duo, potentially. So, we don't know. I believe Sami Zayn and uh, Miz was scheduled for a match, but it didn't happen. Sami Zayn didn't want to fight. Out came Shinsuke, and another beatdown on Miz happened. I mean, this definitely makes me want to see how a match between those two would go. But, oh boy, I think the focal point of that match was Sammy just overselling or hyperselling everything that was going on. And directing traffic, you know, just making Shinsuke look like a real monster. And, oh man, it, it, it's good for both of them, you know. It's like... Uh, I, I'm I'm happy to see both of them being able to, you know, come up like this. It's good, you know. It, it, how how much how much more can you ask for from the superstar that has a little bit of trouble with English, having one of the best uh, talkers on a microphone in the company right now? It, it's great, and it's only it could be potentially only the beginning, but we will see. Either way, uh, Miz Shinsuke might be Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam, but that's going to be something if it does go down. Bailey Ember Moon backstage. Uh, Ember Humble said Bailey's the face of the division, not Charlotte. And uh, she will be back. Well, Ember, she'll be back to take on Bailey for the championship eventually, and then she'll be the face of the division. Hey, uh, fundamentals and practice, right? I think she's still coming up. Hopefully one day they do uh, see her as somebody that deserves that opportunity. You know? But uh, it, it ain't all about in-ring capability, I'll say that. Either way, enter Lacey Evans. What? The, the lady of WWE uh, from Raw, I assume, is, you know, on SmackDown via the wildcard rule. And... Uh, basically sets up a match with Bailey. I thought that was great, just because it's uh the argument is Bailey is lowering 
the value of the championship, thus lowering the value of the women's division. And I'm like, well, it's it's different forms of edge that we're seeing from Bailey. So I think if we just take it for what it's worth, we'll start to grow and evolve. Bailey pushing Charlotte, I thought that was it was it was hilarious because it's like, oh look, she's such a bully. <laughs> but you know, this could lead into great things. I think her and Charlotte are gonna have a bang up match, but we will see. Um, either way, Bailey goes at it with Lacey Evans. They have a, a fairly cool match. It went uh, longer than the Buddy Murphy Ali match, but I respect it because they did that for the women's division, you know, and you know, for them to be the only featured, well, featured women's talent on the show, you know, to have those four uh, being picked for it means that there could be something in the future for, again, all four of them. You know, Ember is somebody that really can, uh, you know, be in that spot, according to a lot of the people in the wrestling podcast community. So they want to see it, and it's good to have her with the opportunity. Either way, Charlotte is ringside, uh, watching the Lacey Evans match up with Bailey, and you know, it was good. Uh, the Moon, uh, I'll say this: practice makes perfect with that match. It was a couple of spots where there's a little bit of confusion. Now, if you like the gritty, maybe sometimes element of uh, mixed martial arts or the grappling and all of that, you know, added to the sports entertainment, then it was it was okay. It wasn't really a complaint. But if you're looking for crisp moves. Then this match had them, but it was still like a little rough around the edges with maybe two spots that I could think of. But, um, oh, and uh, a moonsault, Lacey Evans moonsault while Charlotte is standing right there. Oh boy, uh, Lacey got a lot of the, the thigh knee area to Bailey's midsection, so it was all right, it wasn't uh bad, it could have been. Uh, a little better, just as far as, uh, I, I guess, the timing. But she needed to get her bearings once she did the turnaround because that move isn't easy to do. So I, I think it still went over really well. And, um, hey, it's uh, it, it just the rivalry between Charlotte and Lacey Evans. I think Lacey needs a little bit more uh, credibility to make it look like a great match between her and Charlotte to make it look like, all right, Charlotte's not, like, there's a chance Charlotte might not win this, because right now it's looking like, you know, just to, just to feel, it's like Charlotte would definitely uh, beat Lacey Evans, but to make this match, you know, a draw, you know, I think we, they think there's something that could be there, maybe one day, because the McMahon twins have uh, definitely, uh, they've just really, you know, they, they are, they can be captivating. I think they're both excellent on a microphone and they're teasing at it. So maybe one day, but eventually, either way, uh, Bailey picks up the victory off of Bailey to Bailey, I think. Or was it the elbow drop? One of the other, I believe it might have been the elbow, but uh, Lacey didn't look too bad. We'll see how things continue to progress. And uh, Bailey and Charlotte, uh, I believe what we got. One week, it was two weeks from Sunday, so uh, we got maybe, uh, what, two more episodes of SmackDown Live beforehand, so we'll see how uh, Bailey and Charlotte are going to uh, play off of each other with the next promo segments. 
Big E came out the trainer's room earlier in the show. Uh, clearly upset about the situation with Randy Orton and Kofi. Uh, Big E and Randy were scheduled for a match. So uh, that happened. At least interviewed by the lovely Caleb Braxton earlier and said that he would, uh, Randy has to worry about uh, Kofi making it. But now Randy has to worry about making it himself or something like that. But um, he was definitely more intense. The New Day isn't really joking around. They're a little more serious right now. And this is what the WWE Universe wanted. You know, it's it's all character building. I think it's a good spot for uh, all of them. I think everybody is uh, growing uh, with this rivalry. And it's they had their match, you know. And while the match was going on, I believe the uh, Revival got involved and... You know, cause disqualification or uh, hold on. Pardon. Yeah. No, I believe uh wait, Randy picked up the one, two, three. Either way, um ultimately, uh Randy I guess picking up the victory and uh being out there with the revival, this uh definitely leads to the eventual six man tag, but it's definitely going to mean something when it does happen. Maybe it'll happen before the pay-per-view, maybe after uh, the event on the next SmackDown over. But we will see. Either way, Baton Rouge seemed to be uh, into the match for the most part. They were definitely into uh, the backstage fight with Kofi and uh, Randy. So, you know, I, like I said, I think this is a nice rivalry that's just uh, continuing to develop as the weeks progress. Leading into the uh, show right now, Randy has a lot of momentum, so we're going to see how it uh, continues to develop. Okie doke. It's clear that WWE with this King of the Ring thing is uh, uh, trying to show guys who is going, who can potentially win or what could be the potential final matchup based on anybody you see sitting or touching the the throne and the royal scepter and the crown and such but outside of storyline i think if we are to have more king of the ring tournaments in the future and these opportunities are handed out to the guys that are still around this time next or whenever they decide to do it again oh man (laughs) it's it's become quite the uh uh part of the it's, it's just a nice conversation you're seeing guys like uh drew mcintyre guys like baron corbin and even Elias sitting on the throne and cutting their King of the Ring promo. And it's like, wow, this is this is actually good. So you can just see the notes being taken. And these guys just, you know, they definitely have been, they've been getting better as they go along. Uh, this time around, we had Elias out there on the, uh, <laughs> on the throne. And, um... You know, he's cutting his promo, and out pops KO. They definitely are enjoying that little spot where one pops up from out of nowhere from behind. I think it's, uh, hey, I think it's cool that uh, they're doing it, and they're trying to have different ways of making it happen. And it definitely added a bit of the comical aspect to uh, the Elias segment in general. Take, they fight down to the ring, and KO clearly still mad about the situation with uh, Shane and the fast count last week. Um, 
he stuns Elias and uh, leaves the ring. I believe maybe KO uh, could have pinned the 24-7 champion at the time and decided against it uh, because of his better judgment. (laughs) Um, But this brings out uh, our truth wanting to get the championship back and as he's going for the pin Drake Maverick pulls Truth out of the ring and Drake Maverick gets the pin on Elias Elias sold that stunner beautifully it was uh that's one that you don't you know you look at the different ways this happens and that one was it was a little different so not bad I wasn't uh wasn't upset about how that one went but Drake Maverick is the new 24-7 champion. He went for a victory lap around the ring. My thing is, bro, if you're trying to consummate your marriage, the first place you need to be running is back to wherever your wife is because good Lord, Lord knows that y'all need to be making that happen if you're going so crazy over it. Whatever, though. It was, uh, we'll see how that continues to develop. Maybe Maybe he will get to actually consummate it this time. So I have such a busy schedule in WWE, inside and out of storylines. So who knows? But whatever, right? Um, all in all, Drake Maverick, new 24-7 champion. Ah, Chad Gable, uh, a.k.a. Shorty Gable. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, took on Shelton Benjamin. I'm finished with all of the short jokes. I could try and make more along with commentary because, boy, did that not stop. That went on for basically the entirety of the match almost. But uh, short jokes galore on Chad Gable. But him and Shelton had a pretty uh, decent match. They didn't really uh, go crazy, but they they both showed that, you know, they could go. I think it was really more so about uh, Chad Gable and not being underestimated. So, quick roll-up victory, just the way it all happened. They had a fairly paced match, but then you could see uh, the spark happen, and that was when Chad Gable picked up that quick uh, roll-up victory. So, not bad. Good on Chad. He moves forward, and I believe he's taking on Ali. Uh, in the next round, which that could be a very, very good match. We will see, though. All right, so in this whole Roman Reigns whodunit storyline where we've gotten the video package a million times and such like that, we finally uh, got Roman out to the ring after Daniel Bryan and Roman were uh, demanding an apology, and it was actually a uh, very, very, uh, uh, it was a good segment, you know, what was it, uh, Daniel Bryan had Roman backstage, and, uh, Roman is out in the ring now, and Daniel Bryan is backstage on the, on the, st- on the screen, like what, the Titantron, and he's uh, basically saying it had nothing to do with it. They showed him last week, uh, well, Eric Rowan's dad jokes. And um, Roman said, uh, well, if you want me to apologize, we can check this. They had a different angle. 
And when the boxes came uh, tumbling down, and what the production crate, so whatever they were, you could see Rowan's beard and bald head. And hey, it could have been Rowan's dad. I don't know. It looked to be Rowan, but we don't know. Either way, Dave Bryan has a fit backstage. <laughs> smacks the hell out of Rowan a couple of times. And um, comes out to the ring. Walks all the way from backstage. Walks out to the ring. And uh, takes a spear from Roman. Ending the show. I believe that they were trying to lead into Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns the entire time. And maybe they're going to go through Rowan first. We will see. Is Daniel Bryan and Rowan broken up? Or is it uh, was that just a ploy by DB just to uh, keep the heat off itself? Who knows? Uh, we'll see next week on SmackDown Live. All in all, I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, it flowed by. It was interesting. Kept me. Uh, I, I thought it was all uh, pretty funny. You know, when it when they had their good spots, it was hot impact matches, and uh, yeah, overall it was a good show. So. We'll see how next week is. Uh, Shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. Uh, Thank you, WWE, for passing us some more awesome sports entertainment. And, uh, yeah, do remember to be responsible with your power. I'm going to go and tend to the joys of fatherhood now, so I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.